Hello and welcome to the Amateur Oz tonight. My name is Frances Duncan. I'm an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. Today we're going to be discussing chapter 35 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen with my very special guest, my sister Paula. Hello. And chapter 35 is Mr. Darcy's letter of explanation post the proposal. Yeah, so everything changes, I guess, in this chapter, doesn't it? Yeah. Lizzie starts to... I think this is where she starts to have feelings for him because there's this honour of trusting her, sharing this information. I think it contributed to her change of heart. Yeah, but we don't know what her reaction is to it in this letter, though, do we? I mean, no. chapter. No, because the letter itself takes up most of the chapter, so we don't get her thoughts on it. I think the next chapter is basically her thoughts on the letter. Oh, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. I, I, I found it funny... Because you know I like to find funny bits. Uh, at the beginning of the chapter when she's going for a walk and she sees someone coming and she desperately tries to avoid them but they've already seen her. I hate that when you, you know, you're in the supermarket or something and you see somebody and you're like, oh no. Oh. This is Paula's way of saying that she likes avoiding people. Oh, well, sometimes when you're in a hurry and, you know, I talk a lot and other people talk a lot and it's all just all over. But obviously that's not why she was avoiding someone. She was still really upset by uh, what had happened the night before. I think it's quite a big thing that he does, that he actually addresses. She had these two issues with him and he actually addresses both of them. Mm. I underlined haughty composure. Um, which is how he was looking when he gave her the letter, which to me actually is probably like, I'm trying to hold it together, I'm trying to hold it together. Yeah, and that's what he says at the end of the letter as well, doesn't he? When he says, I couldn't tell you this last night because I needed to collect myself and work out exactly what to say to you. So again, very, very British, very English English aristocracy, yeah, we like to talk about how they're different than us, don't we? Yeah, but it's good, I think, but especially since it's not just, you know, we're, we're Kiwis, we're in New Zealand, but also the fact that it's now 2020, so it's a, it's a long time since this book was written. Do you think this is something someone would put in an email? Would they just go, no, I'm not interested in her anymore because she said those awful things about me? Well, I think if it was Darcy, I think he would still say something to her. I don't know if he'd put it in an email, though, because I think if we translated him to 2020, he'd be quite tech-savvy, tech maybe. He would understand that emails can easily be used against you. True. Uh, I, I, in my jobs, I've discovered that you have to be very, very careful with what you write down. Uh, not that I've ever done anything wrong, but other people have. Uh, <laughs> you know, hitting reply all or... Oh, no. Yeah, that sort of thing. Oh, no. Mm. And, oh, a long time ago, I remember I... Well, it's not actually something I wrote, but someone had put up these resources and I clicked on a link and it took me to a page where there were lots of ladies with no tops on and that gave me one heck of a fright. And um, so very quickly I shut it down and sent an email to our tech guy going, this is what just happened to me because I was so freaked out. But it is really easy for things to go astray or be misconstrued or used against you. So I don't think he would perhaps have written it in an email which is a very long way of answering your question <laughs> I still think he would have spoken to her about it but I don't know if he would have written 
written it in an email. Maybe he would have made a TikTok. <laughs> just okay. joking, just joking. But he, I, I still think because of his honour, you know, he talks about his honour and he talks about her honour as well. I think he still would have said something to explain himself so that she could understand why he did the things that he did. And he's really, he's quite understanding in the letter. He's a little bit offended still from the other night. He said, um, don't suspect any repetition of those offers which were last night so disgusting to you. So he's obviously still a little bit hurt about it. But he cares about her wishes and her feelings because he says later, your resentment has not been unreasonable in relation to Jane because he said, I misread the situation, basically. Yeah, so he obviously still has high regard, uh, you know, feelings of high regard for her because of the way that he addresses her and what he says, and, and that in particular. Oh, and he even says, it pains me to offend you. Yeah, which it's is really sweet. sweet. Hmm. I do find it frustrating that he looked at Jane and went, oh, she doesn't have strong feelings for uh, Mr Bingley. But... I do wonder if he is actually being true to him, well, being truthful to himself. Because he does say, you know, your family, the way that they act, didn't make me want to encourage the relationship. And he says, but but that's not why I thought that. But I do wonder if he is being true to himself or not. Well, he likes to think that he knows himself well enough. Yeah. But was there anything ever said about Jane's, well, not her regard for Bingley, but the way that she spoke to him, the way that she interacted with him, that would indicate that uh, Mr. Darcy's assumptions were something that could be realistic? It's something that Charlotte pointed out. Yeah, true. That Charlotte pointed out that, because when Lizzie was going, this is so wonderful that... Um, Jane likes Bingley and Bingley likes Jane and the other wonderful thing is that no one's going to work it out because Jane is such a private person and she doesn't really show emotion quite like that and Charlotte's like well the problem being that the object of her feelings Mr Bingley also might not know about it Mm, that's really true yeah and I guess in those days women did need to make their feelings known if there was a man who had lots of money because (laughs) she'd want to secure him Yes. One of the only reasons to marry in those days, I guess. Unless you were Elizabeth Bennet. Who would not marry for money. Because she's put, turned down two reasonably good proposals at this point. Yeah, I, I guess depending on which way you look at what makes something a reasonable proposal. But yeah, money-wise... Well, proposal, proposals themselves, she's turned down two reasonably good men, we should say. You're calling Mr. Collins a good man. <laughs> okay, maybe not. A good match. No, yeah. they're not really matches, are they? But a good situation. Situation, that's a better word for it. Absolutely. The main way that Darcy separates Bingley and Jane, he says, the assurance which I hesitated not in giving of your sister's indifference. And Bingley has a great natural modesty with a stronger dependence on my judgment than on his own. Well, isn't that sad? Yes. But again, I question it. I know that's, you know, what Charlotte said. You you answered that before. But Miss Bingley and Mrs. Hurst, 
I think they both knew, didn't they? That Jane was in love with Bingley? Yeah. Probably. But they were more interested in getting Mr. Bingley married to Miss Darcy. Or were they? Because that's one of the motivations that we see in the movies. But I'm not sure if that appears in the book, actually, or whether that's something that we've read into it. Well, I think they were motivated by perhaps matching Mr. Darcy with Miss Bingley. But then she doesn't go about the, a very good way of ingratiating herself to Mr. Darcy in the way that she speaks. Moving on to Wickham, which is the second part of the letter. He says, of what he has particularly accused me, I am ignorant. Which means that he has to tell Lizzie everything about their relationship together to try and explain whatever falsehood Wickham has possibly said. And here again I shall give you pain to what degree only you can tell which is him being careful around, he thinks she might be in love with Wickham. Isn't that sweet? That's sweet that he still cares. And again, at the end of the letter, he says, I know in what, not what manner, under what form of falsehood he has imposed on you, but his success is not perhaps to be wondered at, ignorant as you previously were of everything concerning either. Either must be him and the situation. Yeah. I also think he's quite Darcy, that is. He's quite dignified in the way that he deals with this. He doesn't s explain the things that Wickham did that made him question Wickham's character when they were younger, before um, Mr. Darcy Sr. died. He just says, I had the opportunity as a man of the same age to see things of him. Mm. So he's quite dignified in the way he does it. It's not as if he's gossiping or pointing fingers unnecessarily all he's doing is explaining what Elizabeth has questioned which I think shows that he really is a gentleman in the way that he conducts himself he's not just bad-mouthing Wickham though he could exactly it's quite a big thing for Lizzie to be going through at the moment I mean even the proposal imagine she's staying with her best friend Charlotte and she hasn't told her about it and she doesn't tell her about it and then this letter comes as well and Again, we know she doesn't tell Charlotte about this. But then I, I do wonder if she thinks that if Charlotte can kind of understand what she's going through because Charlotte accepted Mr. Collins after Elizabeth had refused him. So I think they do have quite different views on... You think um, Charlotte would have said you should have married Mr. Darcy? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> but to be fair, the way that he proposed was not great. No, imagine going into the next period of your life knowing that there was a man that you were going to be attached to forever who, against his better judgment, wanted to be with you. Mm. You'd feel inferior the whole time. You'd always be questioning what was happening and his motivation and the way he was speaking to you. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a comfortable situation. So there's a frankness in this letter which is missing elsewhere in the book. Um, he's, Mr Darcy's clearly laid out his thoughts and his feelings. And, or maybe not so clearly? No, I think, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that um, it was more at the missing elsewhere in the book because I think that he is frank in the previous chapter when he proposes to her and instead of just proposing which he could have just done he could have just said will you marry me you know in a very British way 
Um, but instead, he let her know how this was affecting him and um, the fact that it was against his better judgment. I think he was really frank then as well. And potentially too much, so that's a good point, though. Yeah, so I think perhaps in these two chapters we see him being quite uh, frank in his communications with Elizabeth, which, you know, I wonder if he does go on to regret but then, of course, he does continue to, spoilers, he does continue to um, be kind to her. And when he sees her next, he is he's still open and wants to introduce her to his sister. So, yeah, maybe he, he doesn't regret it. I was thinking more as a general rule, people don't tend to be quite so upfront about things. Yes, I agree. Uh, like Lizzie not talking to Charlotte about what's going on and she and Charlotte never really having a conversation about the Mr. Collins debacle. And Jane's affections for Mr. Bingley not being obvious as well. Yeah, and Lizzie and Jane never talking about Mr. Bingley. And Jane and Mr. Bingley not having a conversation. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's a very different way of conducting relationships and their idea of subtext I think is really important um, and it would have been so difficult I think in those days to hold a conversation and be wondering the whole time what the other person was actually thinking or what they were actually meaning by what they were saying you know the sideways glances and the smiles and how you hold your fan and how many dances you have and all that sort of stuff whereas nowadays I think people just sort of say a little more how they're feeling. Well, in a New Zealand context, I guess. We don't know about the British aristocracy, so. Exactly. We don't know what they get up to. And that is our summary of Chapter 35 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!